0: The Wanderer will begin after these short messages. Thank you for your support. Hello everyone. We hope you're doing well. Ponders has had a few setbacks in the past few months trying to get the last two episodes of the season done, but they are going to arrive in your feed early next year, and we can't wait for you to hear them. In the meantime, comics artist, game designer, and all-around insanely talented human, Neil Johnson has written a beautiful story for you today to celebrate the solstice and the new year. It's performed by Ashani Kanekar and sound designed and scored by Neil. We here at The Wanderer hope you have a safe holiday season and a blessed new year to come. Enjoy the episode.
1: Since I can remember, the solstice has held a place in my heart. As I've changed through the years, That feeling is still as strong as ever. Captured. Suspended. The season of anticipation. A hint of it picking apples during harvest. That first morning you fetch a sweater lest you catch a chill. Knowing for certain what is around the bend. The days shorten. As if the sun has a better place to be. Just when the days are shortest, we celebrate with feast and flames, with songs and dancing, with spiced pies and mead. Too much mead for some. There are stories from the past year, big plans for the next, promises made and seldom kept. But despite it all, the future, especially the coming year, overflows with possibility. We wake in the next morning with dawn's light, pack up the gifts exchanged and say our goodbyes. We leave the campsite as we found it. It's ready for the next solstice, as are we. The distance that separates us is too far for common travel. Lakes and forests unsafe for passage. Under normal circumstances, festive gatherings with distant family and friends would be challenging. During Yuletide, when the air, cold as ice, stabs like daggers, they would be unthinkable. Yet like an answer to a prayer, A door opened, unnatural and unprovoked, on the eve of a solstice, many years ago. I am no stranger to magic. Like my parents before me, I am practiced in alchemy, but this portal was something unique. That first step seems foolish now, looking back on it, but I passed through. Sure that whatever it was, wherever it led, it held a purpose. On the other side, I found a campsite. Vacant. Unused for some time. That's when I heard footsteps approaching in the distance. A voice called out my name. It it took me a moment to place. It was Loris, my cousin I had not seen since our teenage years. He too found a portal near his home off the southern coast. My family and others joined us soon enough. The reunion, although joyous, was tinged with worry. We didn't know where we were, what brought us there, how we might return home. We didn't know what had conjured this magic. We didn't know who. Yet we were together, so we made the most of this strange crossroads we found ourselves in. The small cabins surrounding the campsite made for comfortable accommodations. As the sun rose after the long, dark night, portals appeared to bring each of us home. It continued like that every year on the solstice. The portals, the festivities, the journey home. Until last year.
0: The Wanderer will continue after these short messages.
1: This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you.
0: Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. Back to the Wanderer.
1: I was seven months pregnant. That fall was more difficult, with Will on the way. Many from the village offered a helping hand. After the day's work, I returned home to prepare my space for one more. I began to whittle on the nights that I couldn't sleep, using scraps left over from the crib. With a small piece of cherry wood in one hand and a carving knife in the other, I spent hours in front of the fire. Thin slivers falling to my feet with each controlled motion. The act of pushing the knife with the grain of the wood, piece by piece, the figure taking shape. Sculpting at my own pace, objects of my own making. Once I grew more comfortable with the process, I decided to craft a series of small wooden reindeer imbue them with movement using a simple recipe I found in my mother's old alchemy reference book. I made eight reindeer in all, one for each child in attendance at the solstice festivities. They were somewhat crude, and their movement was limited, but they were sweet and charming in their own way. On the eve of the solstice, I packed my bags boxed the gifts, and stepped through the passage as I do every year. It was quiet when I arrived. Everything was as we had left it, all but a few branches and leaves. I cleared them before collecting firewood. I made the fire and waited, but no one came. I had a slice of pie for dinner, the only food I'd prepared for the evening. Apple and spices. I fed the flames intermittently as the night progressed. Seeing this space of annual commune and festivity vacant brought me discomfort and unease. No familiar dimly lit faces on the other side of the campfire, just the deep, dark stillness of the night. Waiting there alone contorted my perception of time. Some minutes passed like hours. Some hours passed like minutes. I felt untethered, yet bound. Like a planet stuck in the orbit of the wrong sun. After setting what I decided would be the last log on the fire, I opened one of the gift boxes and pulled out a reindeer. It moved its sloped antlers and stubby legs by the flickering light of the fire. It gave me a short hint of solace until I noticed the stiffness, the repetitiveness of its movements. An imitation of life. An imitation of companionship. But of course, I was not alone. Three small, evenly spaced kicks. They were with me too. With any luck, they would be here with me again. Someone new to carry on traditions with. To create new traditions. I wiped away my tears. Took one long, deep breath holding the cold air in my lungs as long as I could. And with one long, prolonged exhale, returned the air back to the night. The winter solstice was over. The fire had dwindled to ash. I whispered a prayer for the safety of those that had never arrived and laid down to rest. A single portal appeared at daybreak, and just like that, I was home again. I don't know why, but I expected someone to greet me at the door as if I could manifest someone to talk to, to describe out loud how I felt. I laid down with the false hope that I would recoup some sleep from the night before, thinking that I might awaken to find it was nothing but a strange dream. When I opened my eyes hours later, I spotted a brown speckled thrush through the window Latched on a thin, leafless branch, it called out. A series of soft and percussive notes. Not a song, but one half of a conversation. In a moment of silence, it cocked its head. And flew off. I spent the rest of the day reviewing my books and scrolls. Alchemical recipes... Each one either outside my skill level, or in the old script I couldn't comprehend. A language used by my ancestors. A long chain of knowledge. Broken. Discarded. Disconnected. I hoped for a potion or infusion of transportation or communication. A way to fix things. Heat the gypsum, break it apart into flakes. Add to a boiling pot of sap from a box elder tree. Remove from the flame and let it cool. Does that say ginger or ginseng? It keeps sticking to the side. A monarch butterfly. Not this time of year, but each individual has their limits. All I could do was accept the change and carry on. Will was born eight weeks later. He brought so much new love into the world, and a new title, a new role, a new identity—mother. It was promised to me for these long, cold months, but swift as spring, his birth brought the promise kept. On the equinox, I carried Will along with me through the field as I planted seeds. A day of balance, with daylight and night stretched to equal lengths, measurements made to make sense of the observed and the experienced, shine light upon darkness, to teach us what can be predicted and what cannot, tools to help us navigate, to distinguish the chaos from that which is already charted. Spring turned to summer, and the seeds sprouted and grew. On the summer solstice, I took Will down to the river after a long day's work. He fixated on a large rock peeking out at us from the water. He stretched his arms out, aching to touch it, but it was well beyond his reach. The rock reminded me of some advice my father once gave me. He said, when you are walking against a terribly cold wind, do not tense your body. Do not fight it. Instead, relax your muscles. Let the wind blow through you. It takes the bite out of the cold. It won't get to you as much, he said. Will grew restless, so we went home. Later on, some neighbors came by, and we drank ale with Will in his cradle close by. We watched as the sun set beyond the trees. Tonight is cold. How quickly we can find ourselves back in the same place. I'm packing. We await the portal on the eve of the solstice. I'm bringing my dulcimer with me, to play for will and to pass the time if there is waiting. This year, I am prepared to wait. I'm surprised at how many of the songs I can recite by heart. Songs that often only pass my lips once a year. Sing the first line of a song, and the rest of it comes back in a flood. In my mind, a chorus emerges. Peter and Madeira, the two children usually too shy to speak up, singing the highest register with enthusiasm. Sitting close to the fire with her grandchild on her lap, softly singing the harmonies with a smile on her face. Jeff, with his deep baritone, punctuating each line with a sip from his stein of ale. Morris on the guitar, in the middle of it all, tapping his foot on the earth to keep the rhythm. Will squirms as I bundle him up. I wonder if he can sense how nervous I am. Everything's packed and we are well equipped to leave, but I linger by the door. I know I'm not forgetting anything, but I can't shake the feeling that I am. The cold air rushes in as I push open the door to leave our cabin. I try not to let it get to me, but it does. I hold Will close to my chest to keep him warm. The portal shines bright in the night as we approach. I kiss Will on his forehead. I can't wait for them to meet you.
0: This episode features the voice of Ashani Kanekar. Huge thanks to Romy Lippman and Flynn Lippman for providing baby sounds. Thanks as well to their parents, Ashley and Andrew and Felicia and Ross. This episode was written and sound designed by Neil Johnson. Produced by Jordan Stillman and T.H. Ponders. Show art and design is by V. Silverman. Additional art by Olivia Lee. This episode is dedicated to Robin Smith-Johnson. Transcripts and full credits for each episode are available at callofthewander.com. Ad sales and marketing support by Fable & Folly. If you're interested in advertising with us, please email contact at callofthewander.com. Our special thanks goes out to Sean Howard, Russ Moore, Christina Orlando, Elka Carl, Jeff Van Driesen, and Esther Ellis. The Wanderer wouldn't exist without the generous support of each and every one of our patrons. This whole show is a labor of love, and your contributions help us to pay our actors and collaborators and support the many storytelling endeavors we have planned for the future. If you're enjoying the show, consider donating $1 a month over at patreon.com forward slash pondersproductions. Happy holidays, everyone, and happy new year. We really hope you enjoyed this special episode. You can look forward to more of season one of The Wanderer in 2022. Please take care, stay safe, and thank you for wandering with us.
1: The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish. Well, hello there. Dr. Charlie Tuggett here. You know, rumor was, Spaceship Oz-9 was intended to take a bunch of rich folks to a new planet since, uh, you know, we pretty much uh, used up the one we have now. But, you know, since it's uh, looking more and more likely the ship might uh, be humanity's last stand, let's take a quick look around. Are you telling me the four sacred tokens are all aboard the Oz-9?
0: Remind me again why we're doing this? Allegiances are too muddled on this ship.
1: M-C-C-A-C-E-C is a normal institution
0: of higher learning. Ah, but if you pull back the outermost layers... I'm from Minnesota, where we like our lives as neat and as open as the inside of a freshly caught and cleaned walleye. Do
1: you know, I am now the only assessing aboard the ship. Mm. What are you doing alive?
0: I want to know what side he's on when the ship hits
1: the fan they the most ridiculous people I've ever met. Uh, fetch that annoying bunch of trespassers so we can bring Pluto to heal. The new order starts today. Well, however this all plays out, if you have a strong stomach and a high tolerance for stupid, you can follow the oz adventures just about anywhere you listen to podcasts. I got a trot, space monkeys. Stay safe out there.